Hi, I'm Mika, the host of the CBON podcast. It's time to start a new season. It will be focusing very much on the energy transition. It's such an important topic and I'm uh, myself passionate about it, work on a daily basis uh, with Technip Energies to make an impact. And uh, I'm fortunate to have, let's say, people who wants to be guests in my podcast and we discuss this topic from uh, various angles. And uh, today will be the first episode and there's much more upcoming in the next few weeks. So I hope you enjoy listening to this. Thank you. Back. This is going to be the season start for uh, the podcast, actually. And uh, I am so lucky to have Robert, my friend, with me here from <laughs> back from Trollhättan. We, we've met privately, but also in business. And uh, it's about time to step back and see a bit what, what's happening on the digitalization sector for industries. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, you know, personally, I'm, I'm very, let's say, uh, dedicated to the energy transition. And uh, I've had my own uh, or been part of startup companies, scale up companies, always pushing for, let's say, energy efficiency. How can we uh, become better and opt- optimize things? Um, I've been part of, let's say, an AI company. It's been great. And of course, now what I'm doing is to, uh, let's say, enable industries to, let's say, uh, capture the the carbon emissions, do something with it. We're looking at green hydrogen, uh, sustainable fuels, etc. But um, uh, I could talk more about myself some other time. But today, Robert, welcome to the show. Yeah. And uh, for our uh, listeners and audience, it would be great um, if you could introduce yourself. What are you doing and, and what is your company doing, actually? Yeah. Thank you, Mika. First of all, it's always great to, to hook up, whether if, if it's uh, for, for personal reasons or if, if it's for, for professional reasons. So uh, happy to be here and I'm glad, glad that you want to have me here. So uh, Robert Vidal, uh, like you said, and, and I've been working with a company called Teradata for six six plus years now. Prior to that, I was 20, 25 years in the automotive industry, uh, Volvo Group, General Motors, uh, working with the products and not so much with IT and digitalization, but with the, the cars and the trucks and, and so on. Uh, my role now is to support our manufacturing and automotive customers uh, across the world. Uh, with uh, with what Teradata does uh, and what do we do then? So we we are basically you know uh, an analytics company, been around for 35, 40 years. Uh, you know started in in Silicon Valley, California back in the day, uh, and and our sort of worked with banks, uh, retail, uh, where large amounts of data were being processed to. To do things like you know identify credit card fraud, uh, figure out what what uh, people that went to Walmart uh, and the like uh, did or didn't do, so that you know they could the, the retailers could coach their customers to 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 better decisions or or more profitable decisions, depending on from which angle you look at it. Uh, and I think that we we recently you know we've been with the automotive industry now for 
I would say 15 years maybe working with with some of the largest OEMs and uh, we've been a lot working around the product the, the connected product the connectivity of the customers uh, so it's been pretty much you know classic how do you increase profits how do you de decrease costs of, of, of poor quality how do you Im improve efficiency and yield uh, and how do you and recent maybe the last couple of years we've been working more with how do you enable customers to you know, have a better experience of of, of mobility in, in a car or transportation work in a truck or, or so. Now, the, recently, I think, and this is changing, I think, rapidly, uh, is, is that there is a growing interest in sustainability. You know, transport industry, you know, trucks, maybe trucks in particular, but also passenger cars are seen as, as polluting or, or non-sustainable. And I think that there is a, a, a big interest now, growing interest from all the OEMs and the tier one suppliers to understand how they can not only be perceived as more sustainable, but actually becoming more sustainable by reducing carbon footprint, by reducing other emissions from 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 tires. And and I mean, there's also the debate about, you know, is a battery uh, full electric vehicle is that better or worse than that sort of an in, internal combustion? I mean, I have my my personal views is pretty strong yeah. on that one. That battery is, is the way to go. But I've also seen that this this is very much almost a religious debate that is going on in in some parts of the internet and between different user groups. So I think there is a need for transparency, you know, and able to show what what as close to reality as you can come in terms of sustainability and and what actually is building up your, your environmental footprint of your transportation solution. That, of course, is good for Teradata because we believe that we are, you know, one of maybe one of the few companies that can do the, 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 the number crunching, the data management and the analytical work that is needed to actually deliver that insight in, in a meaningful way to customers and to users of, of, of vehicles of different kinds. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, you know, I started framing this with digitalization, but actually we could also talk about, let's say, the mobility sector. And of, mm -hmm. of course, because we get a lot of the emissions, let's say, with today's type of uh, transportation uh, uh, propulsion systems, of course, mm -hmm. and, and they cause emissions. When mm -hmm. we talk about cars, ships, trucks, planes, you know, mm -hmm. so we have a major shift in everything. And of course, I, I do think that, yes, the discussion tends to become, uh, yeah, religious in a sense, yeah. or, or, or uh, let's say, uh, polarized, maybe divided, polarized in a sense, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. of course, and I, I think there will be, a, of course, a variety of, I mean, what will prevail? Mm -hmm. uh, batteries really building up in, in, in terms of capacity. And then it's, of course, the discussion, how do we make uh, green batteries, of course, mm -hmm. and, and uh, minimize the, the, the resource use there. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's uh, just to kind of go a bit into this too. I mean, of course, sustainable fuels are happening both for, mm -hmm. let's say, uh, road or air transport. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, what about hydrogen? Is is that something to utilize? But not just for the let's say end use, but more like if you look at because we've both been in the, in the car industries, mm -hmm. 
So uh, if you look at like Polestar or Mercedes, they say, we're, we're becoming carbon neutral mm-hmm. certain date or year. But that yeah. means it affects not just their own factories, but they have to look at the supply chains and, and mm-hmm. how, how is energy generated? Mm-hmm. What type of energy are they using? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also in the EU, you, I mean, we also look at this stage one, two, three, uh, carbon emission legislation that is coming out, which which I think, and I mean, since we start talking about, you know, data and digitalization, I personally don't think that you can prove or disprove that you're uh, compliant with that legislation at a certain level, unless you are digitized, a digital organization yeah. or digitally driven, organ, data driven, digitalized organization, it becomes impossible. Because, I mean, there is a limit as, as to how much data you can store in an Excel spreadsheet, right? <laughs> and then, then you need to start, you know. Uh, and then we all love Excel. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and now yeah. all of a sudden, if I mean, if you are Volkswagen, for example, you produce mm-hmm. 10 million vehicles a year and you have a fleet out there, active fleet of maybe, you know, 50 million plus vehicles, all of them generating data. Most of that data is relevant to, to really say, are they... Uh, you know, are they in support of the energy transitions or is it actually counter counteracting it to some extent? And I think the transparency that is will be, become needed, both from legislative perspective, but also from end user perspective, is going to drive data and digitalization needs across the whole industry, not only cars, but like you say, aircraft, uh, flying, moving goods by ship, uh, trains. You know, I mean, in, in my hometown now, we are discussing, you know, whether they should build build new a new lock system for the ships from, from the lake down to the ocean, right? Yeah. And the, again, very, very emotional debate because they need to tear up a fair, fair, fair size chunk of, of the town to make new, build new locks, right? And what is then sustainable? Should you build the locks, you know, and, and, and then expose, make some environmental, potentially environmental damage, drive bigger ships? Or do you transform to rail or road? It, now it becomes emotional. And yeah, but instead it could I be think data Robert, This is so great because actually uh, what, what I see with the energy transition is it's that actually it's it's affecting everyone on, mm-hmm. on a private uh, yes. plane in, in, a, in a sense that I mean it, it affects us all in, in mm-hmm. everyday life, mm-hmm. which is might be a bit more different than okay yes when we've had uh, however the electricity generation have been or or power supplies i mean yes it can have affected certain local community but now it's like everywhere and mm-hmm. we are also going to let's say it's not just to say that we we shut down everything we're not going to use any any existing planes or cars or whatever no. just build everything new that doesn't work either because we no. have a existing infrastructures and and uh, uh, let's say mobility devices to transport mm-hmm. as well. mm-hmm. so how do we kind of use that let's say this uh, uh, coexistence of new and existing and and mm-hmm. make that shift it mm-hmm. is very difficult yeah yeah it is very difficult i, I mean i mean we're both engineers so i i tend to see it as an engineering problem with a very heavy, thick layer of politics on top of it and emotions, yeah. uh, which is causing some 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 you know tension. But I do think that we need to somehow find a way where we allow scientists and engineers to work on the problem. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, and I'm looking at, at at your company, you know, with, with carbon capture technologies and and you know all that kind of stuff is is very much 
technology development that needs and that technology needs to be deployed where it makes sense. And this is not I also tend tend to think as humans, we tend to we want to oversimplify things. And I also think that media reporting and politicians help uh, oversimplify. We want the silver bullet, right? How do we fix this environmental, this sustainability problem? Okay, we want electric cars. Good. Let's do that. But yeah. that's not going to solve the whole problem, right? It, no, we no, need no, to no. Change. There's so much things we need to change, and it will take many, many years. So, of course, we will need highly efficient combustion engine vehicles for, for the foreseeable future, and we need to gradually replace them with you know, well-managed and well-produced batteries and highly efficient batteries, and then also transition the whole electricity production system, including grid balancing. And, you know, I think I read some report today that more than 30, 35 percent of all electricity in the world is still being generated by coal. Yeah, I think. And so we need to so, uh, we have we have a multi multitude of systems all the mm -hmm. time. And it's actually we're not saying an immediate energy shift or, or it's a transition. It mm -hmm. takes time. And, you know, it it goes into every bits and pieces of the value chain. I mean, for instance, carbon capture, like like you mentioned, the mm -hmm. technique. yes, we, we have that sorted for mm -hmm. certain sectors and we can do that. Now it's more like, uh, I mean, when I talk with customers, it's more like, okay, yes, you have to educate them and, and make them feel confident about the technology itself. But mm -hmm. then it comes to the other aspects, you know, a lot on the engineering disciplines and and uh, realizing the project and understanding okay the, because you talk about this is really into the energy transition because mm -hmm. we're going to then you install something new on existing plants yes it has to kind of function well and integrate well mm -hmm. and let's say then then it's about let's say uh, the timing the funding and you have mm -hmm. to make the Policymakers also understand and, mm -hmm. and up to speed. And maybe that's something I think about. I, I don't want to nag on the politicians, but you know, no, no. they have to take some uh, not so popular decisions. Exactly. And, and, yeah. and how do they counter this? Because they want to become elected, stay in their positions. And at the same time, they have to take some very difficult decisions. Mm -hmm. So maybe they have to unite a bit too and, and, uh, ensure they also have good uh, advisors around them because mm -hmm. we, we we're making such a big shift mm -hmm. and uh, i think i mean also to an extent I, I it needs to become fashionable to be in the middle again i think because if yeah. if you're always pushing things out to the extremes it's all, it's never going to be a, a constructive discussion right it's it's very hard to to sort of move forward if whatever you say i'm going to be against it just because you know we're up <laughs> the sides of the scale so it needs to be fashionable to meet in the in the in the center again. I think somehow, and I think that that's where I think voters and I think media and I think social media has we all have roles to play there in order to sort of push that. Because otherwise, I think, I mean, take an example. China, for example, is you know it's not a super democratic state, right? So, but they are able to move fast because their yeah. decision processes are not yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of democracy is by nature slow. Right. It, it's yes. the nature of the game in, the, in in any democracy. You need to be slow because you need to sort of vet things and, and you need to, to discuss and you need to, you know, but but I think we also and that's why I think, again, coming back to why data and, and because data, we, we need to be more 
facts and science and technology driven somehow. And then we need to translate it in, into a language and solutions that make sense to, to, to citizens, to voters. I think that's the way for politicians to make themselves relevant. Because if they can show that, you know, if we are investing in, in, in some sort of, you know, legislation for the EU, for example, to really yeah. track, you know, stage one, two, three, four uh, emissions, and that drives investments in carbon capture, it drives investments in battery technologies, it drives investments in electrical infrastructure and more solar, at least you can you can show by numbers that we are improving. And you can start incentivizing those investments yeah. and the usage of that technology. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's not a single solution. But I mean, like, uh, for instance, you, you can always polarize. Oh, but carbon capture, CCS. No, but that's just giving an incentive for oil companies to continue. No, but I mean, we we, we still we are stuck or we, we have systems uh, mm-hmm. that have that. And of course, we also have uh, combustion. I mean, in the Nordics, combustion of, of uh, biogenic uh, yeah. or, or uh, matter creating also uh, the bio uh, carbon emissions, which yeah. we, because we have the district heating companies, waste to energy. So let's, mm-hmm. uh, uh, let's say capture that carbon. Mm-hmm. You can store that or you can go for utilization, but it, it's one part of it. But we, we need, of course, like you say, solar, we need more wind. We have mm-hmm. possibilities in the Nordics for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's happening so much. And, and uh, of course, Maybe, I mean, talk about a bit into politics again. I mean, like you say, yeah. maybe it's, <laughs> you should be yeah, in the yeah. middle. I mean, of course, it's yeah. like, certainly, I think in the Nordics, we are rather pragmatic, mm-hmm. uh, in a sense. We, we want to find solutions. Of course, it doesn't mean that we fully always um, agree on everything, but no, because no. The, 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 there needs to be a good uh, good debate and discussion around it, too. What, what mm-hmm. How do we do it? But... It's so complex matter. So I think everything we can do, in a sense, for creating a better planet mm-hmm. is on the right way. Yeah. yeah. No, and I, and I think again that that is the case for being very data data driven because yeah. we can. I mean, today with all uh, with all the sensor data we have, with all the input data we can we can gain, we can build models like whether that's using AI or or whatever new fancy techniques we're talking about doesn't really matter but we can start really understanding how these complex systems interact and I think we can also and, and that means we can be more transparent to to users to investors to politicians to companies I mean and and also start if we can start sharing some of that those insights in a smart way, I think that that is what what will open up the way forward for so that that's a little bit why I'm saying well I I hope that we at Terry that can be part of playing a role there with our capabilities that we can we can bring to the table and saying you know hey let's let's work on on making sense of all this data we are collecting because otherwise we're just storing data yeah which, yeah yeah I mean it's yeah I mean just data storage doesn't solve it I mean you know no. we we uh, we are also a data company, actually. We we, we have yeah. a lot of, let's say, that type of service too. Even though maybe we need to market it better, but um, uh, it is there. But I think, mm-hmm. and and first of all, thanks for saving this podcast that we get back to the data side and digitalization. <laughs> <laughs> but no worries. Uh, I think it is such a relevant point. I mean, the things we talk about, and then saying that is actually. We need the data because I, mm-hmm. I do think also with, with the scalability mm-hmm. and, and for, let's say, transparency 
and also to because we are a community we need to learn and teach each other um, mm -hmm. so having the data mm -hmm. and making some uh, value out of it that mm -hmm. will help many others and and that's mm -hmm. a way to so it's a multiple use of, mm -hmm. of data and digitalization as i see it yeah and then if you and you need to bring it down to the user level so i have one yeah. example i was i did a little bit of a let's say pre pre-study discussions maybe is a good because we, we haven't really progressed that far yet but with, with the startup company in sweden and and they were they, their game was to look at you know energy how, what type of energy was being generated on a very granular level so they could look at a building and say this is the real-time energy mix for that building at this particular time so for example in gothenburg if you are on the on the on the hissing side hissing inside it's it's a lot of wind power and so yeah. forth on there whereas on the city side they have more of the regular old old time you know it's natural gas it's some oil you know they have more more fossil fuels so, so and then we are also importing uh, you know for, uh, brown coal energy from from poland yeah. and europe during certain points but but what he was what they were able to show was if you're charging your electric vehicle at a certain location at a certain point in time it could be more or less seen as sustainable because you could measure the energy mix in real time and that yeah. means that you can start giving customers choices right and you can start talking about dynamic pricing perhaps you can start talking about gamifying the whole thing so if you're in a rush you need to charge then you might accept a higher footprint a worse footprint but maybe also a premium price for that charge yeah and and that i think is how you use data and digitalization to really start driving change you or you can say well maybe this morning with with the energy mix we're having maybe it's better to 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 take public transport that's the most yeah. energy efficient way to get there if you have the time and if it fits your your traveling schedule and that's when you get into also mobility solutions rather than always pushing uh, uh, a more monolithic approach to transport right you, you i think sure. we need to go into this multi-mode you know multimodal uh, approach as well yeah yeah and i think how you describe that that whether that's on an individual level but you know it could be management levels inter for, for mm -hmm. uh, let's say uh, their assets and operations oh how how mm -hmm. do we from where which source do we get energy today okay mm -hmm. Uh, what's the cost uh, so you can kind of optimize that all the time yes. in that sense so we need data and, and yeah. intelligent data and and absolutely to, to be able to kind of also utilize that uh, for the mm -hmm. best purpose definitely yeah. so uh, no I think that that really that really is, is important and I, so it's the whole transformation from you know capturing data storing it and then transforming it into some useful insights that's the whole digitalization journey and then more or less and, and it's it's super hard uh, not from the technical perspective because technology is there to save this like but when you talk about but, but technique right is the technology is there but we need to deploy yeah. it in, in a useful way and in a way that makes sense to investors and to customers and all that and I think that's the change management piece both for business change management but also organizational and, and personal change management needs to be supported uh, and that's hard work it but, is uh, it is because yeah. it's so much about the change mentality the mindset mm -hmm. the people we mm -hmm. have to get on board uh, mm -hmm. as such but also there's been so many other periods or eras with this change management happening mm -hmm. so first you think it oh this will never work but it, it's kind of uh exponential scale suddenly it, it you know you get over yep. the inflection point and then whoa yeah it just 
comes along. So, but uh, uh, I, I have a story, Mika, I, I, and sometimes I, I, I open up with that when I'm, when I'm talking, like giving public speeches and stuff, because, you know, it, it's a little bit of a more fun opening than presenting yourself and showing a slide of a corporate building or something. So, so normally I, I start, I have it and it talks about, you know, uh, New York and London in 1894 or 96, something like that. Yeah. And they had a really big problem because everything was horse drawn. So it was, and, and you know, I, I think London had like it was hundreds of thousands of horses working in London. Yeah. And you know, the 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 amount of of you know the waste that comes out of a horse every day is like the manure. 20 yeah. kilograms. Yeah. Which means you're taking care of you know millions of kilograms of horse manure every day. Yeah. Every day you have so so that and that that was the problem, right? So in 1896, I think it was, they had the first meeting of city planners from the mega cities of that time, which essentially was New York and London. So they met in New York and had this meeting with all the city, and they had no solution to this problem. Because the, no. the, the one topic on the agenda was how to deal with all the bloody horses in the, in the cities, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and they couldn't come up with the problem. And then, you know, less than 20 years later, maybe 10 years later, Henry Ford uh, opened up there. The, the, so, so the car, was a solution to a sustainability problem back then. It was actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I've, <laughs> um, yeah, but, and, and City Plan, they had, I know this story too, because they had yeah. consultants and it, yeah, yeah. forget it. Manhattan is, you, you can't, uh, people won't be able to live here. No. Never, ever. And and cars will fail, etc. So yeah. we have to persist and, and, and move forward as such. And I mean, so, so well, change is yeah. hard. And, and, and I mean, so, so again, uh, I, I think we we need to to allow sort of uh, and trust technology. Now, of course, they had a different situation because they 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 didn't foresee the car, right? But now I think you know energy is a little bit energy and and mobility is a little bit in the same situation. Now it needs to redefine itself in a way to 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 progress. But that redefinition is a smaller change than moving from horse horse and cart. Yeah. to the T Ford and and you know the 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 combustion it's a it's a lesser change to that extent from a technical and 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 perspective because going from combustion and into battery car is I mean that's to be honest it's it's a it's it's a small change it's not yeah, a yeah. huge change yes. no no, no. The, the bigger sure, change sure. is on the infrastructure side of things you know how do you get they, all the power generated most and people don't see that they don't see no. that how 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 uh, complex that is but um, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we uh, this is such a, you know, we're passionate and, and we're so engaged <laughs> in this. But now you have such a nice, I mean, I've seen your background there, Robert. And, and <laughs> when I see like, oh, Depeche, music for the masses. I mean, we have to create yes. energy for the masses. But um, I had a very, recently I had a, such a nice uh, experience together with my daughter, who's 18. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I I took her to the Depeche Mode concert in oh. Oslo. Oh, nice! So nice. you know, I've kind of you know educated her on on, on music. She, she's heard like Depeche that. since she was very small. But uh, <laughs> we 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 have that uh, music interest both of us, and you're you're quite active with it still. And mm -hmm. I I really respect and and love you you about that, Robert. Yeah. So. Uh, and we'll meet soon. But soon, yeah. um, part of the deal with my daughter going to concert is that, yes, I can choose every now and then, not many times, mm -hmm. but it means I have to chauffeur her or take come with her ah. to some concert. So um, if I don't always know what I'm uh, exposed to, but uh, actually 
it was uh, early, yeah started this week. I, I went to a concert here in Oslo, and mm-hmm. this is also a bit about orchestrating the energy transition because I think mm-hmm. this singer he got us all to jump at the same time. Mm-hmm. We practiced a bit, and then it was during his song. And I I was thinking there that hey, this is so much what we have to bring as our let's say capabilities enthusiasts mm-hmm. to orchestrate that. A sudden jump for all of us mm-hmm. to get mm-hmm. elevate us to the next level yeah, yeah. with digitalization, energy transition, etc. And right. um, uh, so, uh, yeah, let let's use our let's say energy, Robert, and and, and yeah, yeah. what we what we bring from our creative sides. And uh, I'm looking forward very soon to a concert, actually. Yeah, yeah, the seventh of October. Yeah, we're playing yeah. in uh, in my hometown here, so we'll be looking forward to to seeing you there, Mika. It's it's going to be fun. I'm um, sure it's always well. fun. Yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah. No, and and I think like because I think that this is also important to, I think music and creativity and going to a concert or a festival or something like that. It really shows that we can meet as humans as well, and if we do things together, it's super strong, right? If you yeah. all jump together, it become it creates this very strong bond. And I think this is very much what we need to do here as well. We need to believe in what we're doing together as, as you know, people on, on the people level. People are people, to use a, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> another paraphrase here. But, you know, and I think that that's really where we need we, we need to get to that point where we collaborate rather than fight and argue yeah. uh, over things. Uh, that That's where the th- strength is. Absolutely, absolutely. I... I uh... Yeah, let, let, yeah. Let's not continue with all these paraphrases from from music, but <laughs> But you need great. to post some. You need to post some links links to the podcast here to explain it to to the yeah, ones that are not the best mode fans. <laughs> yes, exactly. But um, no, I mean it. It's. Uh, I I hope this kind of also evokes some emotions and interest from from the audience, and and of course. A way to learn more. I mean, look at Teradata on, on the web or reach out to Robert if you want to learn more about Technip Energies. Yeah, you can find the company website or reach out to me. And um, actually, I think uh, this will also uh, spark some more upcoming uh, private discussions between us, Robert. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure. I'm sure. So uh, a big thank you for your time, yeah. Robert. And uh, thank you very much, Mika. Always yeah. a pleasure.